I'm Dawn. And I'm Ashley. We would like to welcome you to the Work It, You Are Worth It podcast. Where two friends sit around and talk about healing, growth, and healthy relationships. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Dawn. How are you? I'm great. Um, hey, it's great. It's a long weekend. It's Labor Day weekend, so I'm excited about that. Nice to, nice to have an extra day off. I am so excited about a three-day weekend. I cannot even begin to describe it. Just to have Monday to sit and relax and hang out with the people I love and not have to worry about work, I'm really looking forward to it. So is Nick back yet? Because I know that he's been gone for a few weeks. He's actually supposed to be back tomorrow, so his plane lands tomorrow evening. Okay, so you will have Monday all day to get to spend together and... I have a feeling we're going fishing Monday morning, if I had to guess. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Now, does Cam go fishing with you guys? Does she like to go fishing? Eh, she used to love it when she was little, but now she's kind of at that teenager phase where she doesn't want to go and sit on a lake alone with mom and dad for several hours. Oh, yeah. So usually she doesn't go with us anymore, but sometimes she'll feel like it. Okay. Well, that's kind of nice, though, to get one-on-one time for the two of you, too. And I I mean, I say that, and you have a teenager, and so you get a lot of time together, because um, she spent a lot of time in her room, because I know, you know, my, my boys did that. They just spent a lot of time in their room. Well, yeah, she she actually does, but we actually don't. So it's kind of strange the way Nick and I's home life works, right? So at 5 a.m., I'm up and out the door. And I get home at 5 p.m. And then we have, you know, meetings and horseback riding and sponsees. And so usually, like Wednesdays, we have dinner as a family, the three of us all the time, and sit down and have like an hour or two together. And then on like Saturdays and Sundays, we usually spend the weekend together. But since he's been in Florida the last two and a half weeks, we haven't really seen each other at all. So it is going to be amazing to have all of Monday to just hang out. That's great. That's amazing. Um, I'm. It'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'll be that'll be good. So, do you notice? So, one of the things that you know when we signed up to do this a year ago. Like, right, and signed up, right? We, we had a conversation. We decided to do this. And it became, you know, our lives became a, a big part of our lives became um, our CODA and our, our recovery and our doing this podcast and doing a lot of administrative work. And that can pre- present its challenges. Do you, does Nick struggle with that being a big part of you and who you are? Yes. Um, So Mondays are typically my busiest day, or at least they were before we changed our recording days. Um, But it was that I would get home from work on Mondays, and within 45 minutes of getting home and changing my clothes, immediately I'd get onto a meeting and I'd do the meeting for an hour and a half and then I'd get on and record a podcast. And we used to fight all the time on Mondays because 
I didn't have time for him. Um, my recovery and my coda was more important in his mind. And he wasn't wrong. It was because I had to put that first in order to stay in a healthy place. Um, now it's been about a year. There's not so much back and forth about it. Like we don't fight about it or argue about it anymore. But I can definitely say that he doesn't like it on days that I am so busy that I just don't have time to sit down with him. Because I could, I could see that the Monday, I know, like you said, it's 5 a.m. and we sometimes don't hang up till 10. And so I could be, I could imagine it being a lot and a lot for him. So it, t- it takes us kind of in, you know, what we discussed about talking, or what we discussed talking about tonight was how do we go about accepting others for who they are? Because that's what he has to do. He has to accept this is who I am. I mean, he doesn't have to, right? He could choose not to accept this is who you are and what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I'm actually going to make it a little more personal rather than try to talk about how he could accept what I'm doing and who I am. Let me talk about how I can accept who somebody else is. Okay. I'll put a little context into this. My mother and I have a very strained relationship. Anybody that's been listening to this podcast and knows me and knows my mother knows that. One of the many reasons for our strained relationship is that I have trouble accepting her for who she is. I have trouble allowing people to go down a path that I believe is harmful to them. I struggle with seeing someone I love hurting, seeing someone I love not being able to see what I can see, and allowing them, and notice I say allowing, like I have some sort of power over somebody else, right? That's my first clue. Allowing them to just live their life the way they want to. My mother is a main person in my life that I struggle with. Um, In my very strong opinion, her self-care is not where it should be. In my very strong opinion, her emotional health is not where it should be. And where it should be is also my opinion, right? Um, I struggle with not trying to force her to be who I want her to be. And that has nothing to do with who she is. I mean, it does because who she is is not who I, like, I'm obviously, I'm trying to get her to be someone different than who she is. But that's not because who she is is necessarily bad or wrong. That's because I believe I have some sort of say or power over who she is because I love her because I think I know what's best for her because I couldn't tell you why um actually I can I just struggled to say it I was gonna say this would be because I want her this would be a great opportunity to use the five whys Right, but you know. I want her to be someone different than she is. That's why, right? Why do I want her to be someone different than she is? Because 
who she is tends to hurt me. When I interact with her, when I am around her, when I engage with this person that I love so much, um, this person that brought me into this world, this person that gave me life, this person who I have spent 40 years trying to make her proud of me, trying to make her love me, trying to be enough for her. And when I engage with her, I don't feel loved. When I engage with her, I don't feel proud. I don't feel enough. When I engage with her, I feel like a perpetrator. I feel like a bully. I feel like I'm not good enough. Like I'm not a good enough person in my own skin. And that's not to say that I feel that way because I am being those things, right? I have gotten enough self-awareness at this point in my life that I don't feel as though I'm being a bully. I don't feel as though um, I am less than. I know I am not those things. I am a kind, loving, authentic person. And yet, anytime I interact with my mom, most times, not anytime, but most times I interact with my mother, I come away feeling like I need to prove that I am not a bully. I need to prove that I am not this person that just wants to hurt other people. And I struggle with accepting that that's how she views me. And I try to change that. I try to make her see me for who I believe I am. And in trying to do that, I actually do end up becoming her perpetrator. I actually do end up becoming her bully. Why does it matter what she thinks of you? Other people's thoughts, feelings, and opinions are none of my business. That, right? The healthy answer is it doesn't. The healthy answer is her opinion of me is absolutely none of my business and it's like a snotty tissue and every time she tries to shove it down my throat I just need to knock it away and walk away and yet there's this thing inside of me that old habit that survival character that codependent behavior right it's so ingrained in there that my answer to your question is because she's my mom and we care society yeah we carry that where as a mom i have a privilege they have a privilege and mom is just a name that my kid gave me i don't have any special i'm not i'm not that special right i i'm a great mom i'm a you know you say that and i have to disagree okay. with you because I do, though, because I'm a mom, and you're a mom, and I know to our children, to my children, I am special. I am somebody that they look at with this awe. I am somebody that they look at with this expectation to be better than, to be more than, to be a superhero. And as a mom, I do everything in my power to live up to that expectation. 
not because they expect it, but because that's who I want to be as a mom. And I get that, but what I'm realizing, having a kid who's going to be 29 years old, I'm realizing that I always carried this mindset of, right, that I was more and I wanted to be more and I was going to do... But what I'm realizing as he gets older is, and he's realizing as he gets older, that I'm really just winging the shit. Well, yes, right? I mean, we don't know anything extra. Mom isn't really a superhero. We're just a person doing the best we can. So why do we put it on ourselves that I need to be better? I think I do that as a child. I think... So, right, as a mom, I try to live up to the child's expectations. And yet, as an adult, I think, I think as an adult child, I expect my mom to do better. But do we, are we really living up to the child's expectations or are we living up to our expectations for that child? Or our assumptions of what that child's expectations are. Correct. <laughs> right. Because as a child, a, a child, I needed basic things. Our expectations is just that our parents, our moms, our dads are there for us and show up for us and protect us and support us. Right. So how do we accept it when our parents aren't that? Right? How do we how do we accept when people we love aren't who we want them to be? I think that starts with us. That starts with me. That starts with you. Because the problem isn't the other person. Because they're making their own choices for themselves and their thoughts, beliefs, all that is theirs. We've said that on how many podcasts and we've had this discussion so many times. Isn't it really about you? It is, right? It is, especially, not especially in this situation. I think in any situation, it is really about me, I, each person, not me as in Ashley, but like I, it is about me. I need to decide if I can be around this person as they are, not as I want them to be. And I love what that I you struggle s- with. Sorry, I love that you said what you said. That like it's my choice if I'm going to be around them based on how they are, right? It's it's not do I want to be around this person? Do I not? It's okay. Let me evaluate what they're doing in situations and decide if that works for me. It's not just man, and I don't want to be around them now. Right. This is not a. So accepting someone for who they are does not mean that I have to engage with them at all times, nor does it mean that that's who they will always be. It just means that right here, in this time, in this moment, right now, this is you and this is me. And when me gets with you, me feels one way. And I don't like how me feels when I'm around you. Therefore, unless you decide to be different, which is 100% your choice, but if not, then I can't be around you when I 
when I feel this way around you. So I heard you say that you want your mom to, you want her to, to, to be better. You want her, you want her to change. Yeah, I I won't necessarily say better or worse being the podcast and right putting it all out there, but I I want her to be different. So you want her to change? Yes. What is change? Think back to your characteristics. What is change? What is wanting somebody to change? What do you mean? I'm, I'm confused. There's, Sorry. Right. We have, there's the basic characteristics of our, we learn in recovery. There is self-esteem, um, denial, um, avoidance, control. Oh, oh, gotcha. It's denial. Mm-hmm. And what else? There's another one. Control. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I actually have found myself, even in discussing my mom, right, I find myself attempting to control or manipulate so she'll say something that I disagree with or do something that I think is negative or hurtful or whatever and then I will come back with usually it's a an explanation it's a no no this is what was meant and this was what was said and this is why and this is what I really think instead of just letting her be who she is just letting her think what she wants so I hear you over explaining which was a great podcast a few weeks ago or a while ago whatever right oh yeah because now you're trying to justify what your feelings are your thoughts are what you've said because in your interpretation it's wrong to have those feelings well, so, right, usually it's her feelings and her opinions about me that I believe are wrong. But if we make it not about her and you come in and you come at her over explaining to justify what was said, why you said it, what she's doing wrong, how she needs to change, that's on you. Right. That's when I become her perpetrator. That is when I become the bully that she is trying to make me out to be, is when I attempt to manipulate and control her opinion of me. So if she says you're a bully, is she right? No, that's just her opinion. Exactly. But it's her opinion. And she gets to... It's her opinion through her glasses. Her perception. That are her color, right? her perception has been whatever I have said and done is being filtered through her lenses in her mind and she sees that as being a bully and just because I said something that most people don't have the courage to say does not in my mind make me a bully just because I say something that someone does not want to hear in my mind does not make me a bully however once I start to over-explaining, justifying, needling, poking, insisting, demanding that she change her opinion of me, I immediately become the bully that she is saying I am. It's interesting how that works, right? Because you, you're fighting so, and I know I've done this as well, um, did this for, with my mom. Um, prior to recovery, my mom and I had a horrible relationship, and you know, and I've Um, and I think I've shared on the podcast that my therapist told me I had to take a break from her. I had to go um, cold turkey with her 
no contact for it ended up being like I think it was like three four weeks um, best three four weeks I ever did in my life because it allowed me to get enough recovery under my belt to come back from a semi-healthy place um, and it I got a point where it's like okay just because she's my mom I don't owe her who I am and um, so I, I I think that's well for me you're for me I don't feel like I owe her who I am or an explanation. I feel like I'm trying to convince her to see me. I feel like I spent my entire childhood, my entire adolescent, and now my adult life trying to prove to my mother who I am, that I am good enough, that I am a good human being that I am intelligent that I am kind that I am loving that I am worthy and every time I have some sort of accomplishment that I am super proud of or some sort of negative thing happen that I am sad about not that it's negative right something that is emotionally sad to me it seems like it doesn't matter what I've done in the past or where I've been or who I am today when it comes to my mother I can immediately revert in times of high intense emotion whether they be good emotion or bad emotion in times of intense emotion I find myself reverting back to this child who needs to prove to her mommy how good she is and how worthy she is do you remember a few weeks ago a couple months ago, I think it was now, um, I came to, in one of the podcasts, and I came to you and was really frustrated because I had something exciting happen in my life, and the first person I wanted to call was my mom because I wanted to share it with her, and she made the comment about, well, now you can pay our bills, and right, I, and we talked about kind of, I said, well, I think I went to the hardware store for milk, and instead, I went to the hardware store and bought all the crap to milk my to make this thing to milk my cow. And right, I didn't even realize I needed it. Right. And I think that's what what right. I was feeling is when you go to this person who you have been seeking validation from your entire life, and that's really what I was doing: approval, validation, because I didn't get it as a child from either one of my parents that I still go to them to seek acceptance or go to my mom because my dad's no longer living but I go to my mom looking for her to give me what I've always wanted her to give me and I do believe people can change and I think that's why I go continue to go to her because I keep hoping that maybe she's going to change this time maybe it'll be a different response but that's on me because my expectation of her has set the bar so like I expect the bar to be high instead of she might be excited for me she might not be excited for me she might respond like she would normally respond and that's okay because that is her so me that is who she is exactly so maybe when I'm excited or I'm sad about something and I go instead of going to my mom who might has had the tendency of not giving me what I need maybe I go to somebody that has has given me what I need and the and the the response that I like you know what I mean that validation like you know like that good job right 
I've spent my whole life trying to be good enough for my mother. And every time I think I've accepted that her opinion of me does not matter, something happens and she shows me that I still put too high value in her opinion. She's just a human being. But you keep going back. Right, and that's on me, right? I keep exactly. I keep going to the hardware store for milk and they don't have any. And I know that they don't have any, but I still keep going back, right? I know my mother is not who I want her to be. She is not the woman that I wish she was. Again, that's not saying anything bad about her. And it's not saying anything bad about me. It's just saying I wish she had brown hair, but she has blonde hair. And no matter how many times I yell at her and I get angry at her and I get hurt by the fact that she has blonde hair and not brown hair, she's still going to have blonde hair. Right? She and can, yes. She can dye it, but it's going to go, right? So in other words, yes, she can, she can make an effort. She can try to be different, but it can go right back to the color it was. Really, I just... The only option, no matter what she does, no matter what she tries, even if she was to dye her hair a thousand times, I will never be happy if I don't accept her for who she is. And sometimes, accepting someone for who they are doesn't mean I'm happy with them. It means I have to reevaluate my relationship with them. So how do we go about getting to the point where we can like what steps what things can we do to get to that point to accept others for who they are that's a really good question um what I am doing I am taking a break I have spent the last month trying to force my mother to see me differently than she does trying to force her to behave differently than she does, trying to force her to feel differently than she does. And it has done nothing but make us more miserable. And when I say I've spent the last month trying to force her, I, it's not that I've really been trying to force her to feel anything differently. I've, I've kind of just stepped back and let her feel how she feels. So, right... Let me, I gotta explain a little. So a month ago was the weekend my son left for basic training. He left for boot camp. And my mom came for the weekend. It was a rough weekend. I was not proud of the way I reacted to her. I did not behave the way I wanted to. Regardless of her, right, her actions, her behaviors, they don't matter. I am talking about me. I did not behave the way I wanted to. And shortly after, we started going back and forth with each other to where she was pointing out the things I did wrong, and I started getting defensive and pointing back. Um, and then I went into over-explaining, and I went into trying to control her thoughts of me and her opinion of me and try to manipulate her opinions of me and... Um, and then I got angry and I became the bully and then I stepped back 
and for the last probably I'd say two weeks I have really attempted to just let her be her and just stand my ground right I will not fight with you I will not argue with you you are not a victim and I am not your perpetrator and those were my responses every time she would try to fight with me and then I would hang up thankfully we live about a thousand miles apart so this is not in person and then yesterday and today it has just reached a point to where acceptance right awareness I'm out of denial she is not who I want her to be she does not behave how I want her to behave and I don't like how I feel when I am interacting with her therefore I have decided that I need to take a break I just need to step back and see what happens I think that's how we accept people for who they are we just let them do what they want and do what we're comfortable with if that means that when we get on the phone she says something I don't like or I'm not comfortable with I get off the phone therefore we don't talk then that's what that means what that means for me right now where I'm at right now is just the idea of communicating with her gives me anxiety because I'm afraid of a fight with her therefore I'm taking the idea of communicating with her out how long I don't know am I telling her in a way I just said I cannot be your perpetrator anymore I will not participate in this please don't contact me and I left it alone when I'm ready to talk to her I'll answer if she calls or I'll call her other than that I don't know would you have even had to say your response no I could you have just not said anything yes and I seriously considered not saying anything absolutely I could have just turned off communication I have the right to talk to who I want when I want where I want wait and wait if that's I your choose... mom that's your mom how do you you don't you can't just turn off communication with your mom I just did it's okay to turn off communication with anyone blood doesn't mean your... anything right there's only two people two things you have to communicate you have to stay connected with yourself and your HP oh, and your HP your That's higher it. power yes without my self-communication and communication with my higher power I would be absolutely lost and look choosing this in a healthy mindset right as I sit here and I talk to you t today I feel as though I am making a healthy choice I am not angry I am not resentful I'm not tearful I'm not emotional I am simply choosing my peace in this moment and for right now I've stopped communication with my mom that is so all I can do is Sorry, right now so you used the word accepting earlier acceptance and I think that is huge and it's it was really um I pulled up an article because I usually have an article up and sometimes I've takes from it sometimes I don't right this time um, I actually pulled up an article from psychology today and it is how to practice acceptance that was the article <laughs> and what I found really interesting about this article was ex it was exactly what you said 
it says, so how do we go about being more accepting? Um, one, cultivate acceptance by noticing your resistance, which is one, you know, that's one of the things you said. You noticed where your, where your thoughts were going, your behaviors were going, right? So you noticed that you were resisting this kind of thing. Yeah, I immediately went over explaining, over analyzing, overthinking, and that is resistance. Exactly. The second one, and you did this as well, and it was funny because you, when you listed them off earlier, it was like, I was like, check, check. It was so funny. But the second one is cultivate acceptance by questioning your patterns. And that's what you did. Look at myself. See how I feel. See what I think. Notice what I am doing. Right. How am I over explaining? How am I, you know, looking at the things, your, your resistance, and how are those, where are the patterns in there that you can you can choose to do differently and why right um the third thing was cultivate acceptance by being mindful and i heard you say that as well that one's difficult but yeah right be mindful of how i'm saying what i'm saying be mindful of my over explaining be mindful of the fact that when i got frustrated with my mom not seeing me for who i believe i am I became controlling, I became manipulating, and therefore I did become a bully. The fourth one is cultivate acceptance by thinking of your inner child. You know, I did this without even realizing it. I know, that's what I'm like. That's why I'm like, uh, I was like a little freaked out over here when you were like doing all this. And I'm like, that's what that says. That's what that says. It was a little freaky, but go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good. Right. So how did I, how did I talk to my inner child in this situation? Well, I realized what it was I was wanting from my mom. I realized what it was I feel I am lacking, which is her being proud of me her believing I am a kind person, her believing I'm worth it. And then once I realized that those were the whys behind it, I just had a conversation with myself and said that her opinion does not mean I'm not those things. And her behaviors don't necessarily reflect her opinion. So the last one, and real quick, if you notice, there was a common word in all four of the first ones and it was your it was not about her it's all about you it's all about me I have to look within myself because my behaviors reflect on my own insecurities and thoughts right I can't change her I can only change me exactly so number five is cultivate acceptance through practice and I'm gonna actually read the blurb that they put under here Um, acceptance is just like any other skill It takes practice. People who are accepting of themselves and others have made acceptance a mental habit by continuously choosing a more accepting mindset over and over again. After a while, these repeated mental choices become habitual and natural and do not require as much effort. So next time you find yourself struggling with difficult emotions, try to use this as an opportunity to practice acceptance and what I liked um, about this was it was the one sentence that said after a while these repeated mental choices become habitual and natural and do not require as much effort nowhere did it say that they would stop right that's that's exactly what I am attempting to do 
now. What I attempted to do over the last two weeks is notice my patterns and my behaviors and take control of my behaviors. So when my mother would reach out and I didn't appreciate the way she reached out or I didn't like it, I, I would attempt to be aware of my actions and the things I was saying and doing. What I have found over the last week or so is that even with that awareness, I am not at a point where I can maintain my peace and still interact with her. As I say that, it sounds like right. At, there's not a whole lot of emotion in my voice as I say that, and it is a very emotional thing. It absolutely breaks my heart to accept that right now the best way for me to have a good relationship with my mom is to not interact with her. And it brings me peace to know that I have accepted that. So you said one of the things you're doing is you're taking space. And what is what are some what are some other things that you can do to help work on this, to help practice this? Journaling. Um, I continue to journal my feelings, my thoughts, my emotions, work the 12 steps on it, um, on this specific situation, on each specific incident, and continue to practice acceptance. And you can, I think the other thing you did that I think is beneficial that um, should not be overlooked, right? You had a conversation in a healthy place about it. Right, you didn't keep, you, yes, journaling is wonderful and it's, it's a way to get it out. And I think what I'm saying is you're not keeping it all in. You're not going to people and like, you know what that bitch did, bah, 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 right? You're not, you're not going in from an unhealthy, like an unhealthy place. You're really being mindful of where you're at, what is going on, and I'm going to do the best I can for me to be the healthiest me I can be. And that means sometimes cutting out people in our lives that we don't want to. And I, I'm not even at a point where I'm going to say cutting out, right? Because that seems so permanent and it seems so aggressive. Um, I, I don't have that yet. I don't know that I ever will have that because I feel like that's attempting to control the outcome. I just know that right now it's best for me to just take some space. But there are times, I mean, right, your situation, you are not, that is not where you want to be. You're not comfortable saying, I'm cutting her out, or, you know, that's just not where you're at. But there might be other individuals who that's what they have to do to... Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. Not at all. There is absolutely nothing. It could be your mother, your father, your sister, your brother. It can be your own child. Sometimes people are not able to be in my day-to-day -day life. Sometimes they are only able to be a thought, a emotion as I'm driving down the road, right? I, there's one person I can think of in particular, a cousin of mine, and I adore him. God, I love him so much. Unfortunately, I cannot have him in my life. He is cut out of my life forever and has been for a very long time. That doesn't mean I don't think kindly of him. That doesn't mean I don't hope the best for him and miss him and 
think about the good times that we've had in our life. But that doesn't change the fact that he is not someone I am currently comfortable with thinking will ever be in my life. But that doesn't mean that couldn't change five years from now, ten years from now. Right. The outcome is not what I'm thinking about. Right. The end result I have no control over. You have. We do not control the outcome. That is the future. I can't think about what's going to happen in five years, ten years, six months, or even a week. I know that right here, right now, this is how I feel. And when you do that, when we, when we get to that place, that is teaching ourselves that I am, it's reparenting ourselves in all reality. It's teaching myself the stuff that I did not learn as a child. I get to teach myself, myself that stuff now. Reparenting is one of the most amazing opportunities I've ever found because I never knew that it was even a choice, right? I never knew that I could take all of these ideas and morals and characteristics and beliefs that were ingrained and instilled in me from birth and I could just change the puzzle and put the pieces in a different way and create this entirely new picture based off my own intentional parenting, my own intentional way of communicating with myself, disciplining myself, talking to myself, being with myself could entirely change the picture that I see. So I had this thing happen. I haven't even, I didn't even tell you about it. So this will be the first time you're actually hearing it. But speaking of reparenting, um, so the time I spent with Dylan, um, you know, him with his own recovery, he's learning to use his words with me as well. So one of the things I have said, and I've said this, I don't know how many times even on here and with you was Dylan, I, Dylan is just like me. Dylan is just like me. And when we were in Texas, it was towards the end of the trip. He says, mom, I don't like when you say that. Because when you say that, you're taking away the person I am. I was like, oh, that hit me. That's interesting. Right? Yeah, that just hit me too. That's why I was so quiet because that just hit me too. So I had to do my own like processing of it and I don't really think I had and I need to in this moment right here. But because one of the things that I realized is my son's recovery is teaching, is reparenting me as well. Literally, yeah. he is reparenting me for him oh god I got goosebumps that's interesting too I I ah I love it like right I sit here and I tell Cam all the time she's my mini me I tell her all the time you got the best of me and the best of your dad and you are just my mini me um and I can see that right it's taking away them they are not just like me they are their own person and let me tell you if my mom tells me she I am just like her it is like it is like stabbing me with a knife is how it feels to me. And the reason for that, God, that's so mean. The reason for that is because when she says stuff like that, I immediately think of all the bad. My mind goes straight to all the negative things. 
and I don't want to be those things. So I have thought about that. It's, I never, like, I, I heard it growing up as well. You're just like your dad. You're just like your mom. Right. But in my case, it was my dad saying, right. My dad would say it to me about my mom and cause you know, they just hated each other. So I became my, my complete identity became them. Mine became not being them. Right. Cause my new, my parents used to do the same thing to me in a negative way. See, I say it's my, try to say it's my kids positive, in a positive right, way, right. but it still takes away from them. But my parents used to say it in a negative way. And so <laughs> I took what I took away from that is I don't want to be like my dad and I don't want to be like my mom. And so now as an adult, when they tell me that I'm just like them, it doesn't so much bother me with my dad because anyways, when my mom, when they, anybody says I'm just like my mom or my mom says you are just like me, that is, that is a trigger for me. That is a definite, it is like pulling the trigger, watch me explode. Yeah. That's and that's that and that's what I was trying to say is you know is the same. It's was such a negative thing for me that I I guess I just my big thing is I didn't know I I'm so proud of Dylan for actually saying it to me and not worrying like literally he did not worry about how I would feel about it and my kid's great my kid's amazing and. I'm great and amazing, right? And I think that's where, when I say it, that's kind of what I think about it. It's like, that's the way I mean it. Right. But his viewpoint of it is you're taking away who I am. Because, and I would, like, I want my kid to have their own identity. And it was such a, it was just such a powerful thing that I never even, like, considered, (laughs) So wait, did that make you angry? I was actually really proud of him. It makes me like I'm like makes if I would let myself right now, I would probably bawl my eyes out because it makes me so So proud of him. Your son told you that something you do bothers him and asked you not to do it. And this was something that you thought you were doing out of the goodness, kindness of your heart. And he's not appreciative of this great thing that you think you're doing and you're not mad nah not at all why I've spent the last five years putting my recovery as the number one thing in my life and all I want is for my mom to realize to she does now to have realized that I am my own person. I have said it. I have not been heard. I wasn't heard. I, I, I don't want to use that in, cur- in, in present tense, but like I felt not heard and it made me feel horrible. And all I wanted her to do was to hear me. And why that made me so proud and not angry is because that's all I want for my kid. That's all I want for him. And so it makes me really proud of me. That I... I've done... Can give him that? Yeah. 
And so how can I be angry about that? It's he gave me a gift to be able to continue to be different for him and to and continue to improve our relationship. How amazing would it be if every time we went to someone or someone came to us and said, hey, when you do this, I feel this way. And that person could do it differently. Wouldn't that just be so, without any negative or hate or fight about it? or And then the other side of that too, to not need that person to do something differently. To just be okay with yourself, with who you are, where you are, and how you are, and not worry about anything else. I mean, right, we're talking our moms and our children. That bond is pretty, right, that's a lifetime bond. And if we can do that with the, with the, the people that literally we're part of, they're part of me, we should take that and be able to do that with others. Right, if I can do that with my mom, if I can do that with my children, I can do that with any person on the street. Yes. That is how I think we learn to accept people for who they are by accepting ourselves for who we are and by being honest with them. Ashley, I think that is a great way to end. Me too, Dawn. Thank you for another amazing recording. I I always enjoy doing this. I do too. Um, This one, this was a good one. This was a good one. And I I think there's a, I know, I personally know some people out there that can um, have, that feel this way, that struggle with with this issue as well. So um, I guess we'll dedicate it to all those people. And then, yeah, let me just say too, mom, if you're listening, I don't know if you are or not, but if you are, I love you. I love you. Thanks everyone for listening again today, and it has been another amazing recording. Thank you, everybody. Um, Have a great week. Bye. Bye. We would like to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you are worth it.